We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, the worn-out issue of to mask or not to mask. Are we obligated as Christians, by virtue of 1 Corinthians 8.13 and Romans 14.21, to wear a mask if it offends our brother, if we don't? That's the question. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. The topic I would like to address today is the topic of masking. I'm getting sick of it. You're getting sick of it. I've already talked about this before on this show, but the reason I want to circle back and talk about it again is because I'm beginning to doubt my previous conclusions. I'm beginning to wonder if my application of Paul's admonition in 1 Corinthians and in the book of Romans, where he told both of those churches that if eating meat offends my brother, then I won't eat meat. If eating or drinking causes my brother to stumble, then I won't eat or drink those things. I've applied those passages to the issue of masking. I've said on the show, if not wearing a mask offends my brother, then I'll wear a mask. But I'm beginning to question that application. I'm not sure I'm right, and I'm going to ask some questions today along those lines. That's going to be the nature of the show, and I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have an absolute conclusion. I'm going to end the show with a question because I'm not sure. So if you're listening, especially if you're a pastor, if you're listening, I'd welcome your coaching. I'd welcome your response to this show. Because I'm beginning to question whether or not that's the proper application of those biblical passages and those biblical principles. And I'm going to explain why. That's today's program. Are we applying 1 Corinthians and the book of Romans properly as we engage in culture right now with regard to the issue of masking? I'm going to share some experiences I've had in recent days going through the airport on my way to and from Nashville to the Huckabee Show, speaking at OCPAC and speaking at the Council for National Policy, being on the Huckabee Show, visiting the Oklahoma Capitol down in Oklahoma City the last couple days, and what I've experienced with regard to the masking issue. And then I'm going to tell two, two stories of Two Christian families that have been shunned, literally shunned, by the church because they didn't want to mask. Essentially being kicked out of their churches because they didn't want to mask. That's the nature of today's show. Remember that if you'd like to subscribe to The Rebellion, you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash... D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. Also, don't forget my book, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. 
It can be purchased at any of the bookstores, online or otherwise, that you get your reading material from. Let's take a break, acknowledge those, and thank those corporate sponsors who support The Rebellion. I'm Dr. Everett Piper. This is The Rebellion, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. 1 Corinthians 8.13 says this, Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again, so that I will not cause them to fall. Now, what's the context there? In that church and in that time, in the city of Corinth, there was still idol worship, and pagans sacrificed animals to those idols. The question was, once that sacrifice had been made, the priests of that temple would then sell that meat to the public. The question was, could Christians buy that meat and eat it without, excuse me, without defiling their faith, without defiling themselves, without compromising their commitment to Christ? Could you go buy meat that had been sacrificed to idols? Now, there was a debate within the church, and some people said, well, of course you can buy that meat, because... You don't believe in the idol anyway. You're not participating in that worship by going and buying beef. Paul told those Christians that took that position that they were fine. But you had other Christians who disagreed. They did not believe it was appropriate to at least tacitly participate in this process by buying the meat that had been spiritually contaminated by being sacrificed to a pagan god. They felt that it was a compromise to their faith to go consume that that product, that hamburger, that steak, that prime rib. Paul supported those Christians, and he basically told those that he considered to be stronger in their faith that if eating meat offends your brother, then don't eat the meat. Set that right and that freedom aside. He basically said the same thing to the Romans in the Church of Rome in Romans 14, Verse 21, he said, It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So I've applied these verses, and I know a lot of other people have done the same, to the mask issue because it's been so divisive and so controversial within the church. Basically, I've said, If not wearing a mask offends my brother, then I'll wear a mask. I'm beginning to question that. Let me explain why. As I've gone through the airports, you've heard me rant about this. It is Orwellian. It is stunning how complicit tens of thousands of people are as they walk through the terminal with a mask, a double mask, a triple mask, a face shield over the double mask and the triple mask. What's next? A hazmat suit? I mean, it is stunning how complicit people are. And the thing is, they've been dehumanized. You can't see anything. All you see is the blank stare. Almost as if they've been brainwashed into obedience and complicity. It bothers me. Now, I've spoken at OCPAC, the Oklahoma Conservative Political Action Committee. Hundreds of people there. No masks. I've spoken at the Council for National Policy down in Orlando, Florida. Even more people there. No masks. I went to the Huckabee Show. The audience 
Live audience, no masks. Governor Huckabee, no masks. The band, no masks. I was in the Oklahoma Capitol down in Oklahoma City twice in the last week. I was stunned to walk in there. I thought they'd make me wear a mask and I'd have to don my hazmat suit to even go in and talk to the senators or my representative. Nobody was wearing masks. With the exception of a few millennials and Gen Zers, they were. Those there that were at the least amount of risk were the ones that were wearing a mask. And it caused me to ask the question, are you doing this for health reasons, for scientific reasons, or is this a virtue signal that you somehow are wearing something, literally putting something on your face that says I'm more, more virtuous than the generations that precede me? I'm asking that question because the science says that somebody who's 21 or 25 or 30 is at much less risk than all those old folks who happen to be senators and representatives and administrators down at our state's capital. So why the young people wearing the masks? What's the point? Do they really think that they're at greater risk? Or is it a signal of something? I stumbled across two stories this past week. I've got some friends that live up in Minnesota. They told me that essentially they've been removed from their church. Well, not essentially, they have. They've actually received a letter from their church that has removed them from membership and placed them under church discipline. I'm not kidding. Why? Because they didn't want to wear a mask to go to church. Now, these aren't the kind of people that were going in and rushing to the front pew and sitting there and virtue signaling in their own uh, self-righteousness that we're not going to wear a mask and we're going to go on parade and let everybody know that we're more spiritual than the rest of you because we're not going to wear this silly thing. No, 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 that's not at all what they did. In fact, the husband of this uh, couple, very humble guy, as I understand the story, he went to a service once and just kind of slipped into the back and didn't have a mask on. And that led to this debacle. A guy who had been on the board of elders, a guy who was involved in leading praise and worship in the church, a guy who had helped build the church from basically ground level, supported it in every way with his time and his money, a humble guy. Not somebody in the community who's known for being a firebrand or a rabble-rouser. He just didn't want to compromise his freedom. He, he's done his research, and he doesn't believe the masks are a good idea. I think there's more, he thinks there's more negative than positive that comes with it. Placed under church discipline, his membership removed. I know a representative down in Oklahoma City. A similar story. Didn't want to wear a mask. Church got angry with him. He's been accused of being arrogant. He and his wife have actually decided to go to another church because they've been shamed. They've been scolded. They've been, at least informally, disciplined by the church for not wearing an article of clothing called a mask, covering their face, The question I have 
Does any of this make any sense? Are we really causing our brothers to stumble in their faith? That's the context I read from Paul's letters to the Corinthians and to the Christians in Rome. He's saying if it causes your brother to stumble, if it causes his him to question his faith, if his faith in Christ is compromised by something you do, then don't do it. Now, does that apply to this masking issue? Is there really anybody out there who's losing their faith because you don't want to wear a mask? I think that's a question we need to ask, and that's a question I'm asking myself because I, like I said, I, I've, I've parroted the, this response that if not wearing a mask offends my brother, then I'll wear a mask. But is there anything in the masking debate that is relevant to one's faith? Context. Context. How does this apply to Paul's admonition to not cause your brother to stumble in his faith? And if we're causing our brother to stumble in his faith or our sister to stumble in her faith by not wearing a mask, how so? How does that hurt their faith? Are they making any claims about worship or about God in association with masks? I haven't heard that if that's the case. I haven't heard them say that this is a compromise of my worship to God if I see you not wearing a mask. I haven't heard that. Now, they make claims about the science and they make claims about obeying the government and they make claims about Stuff like that, but I haven't heard anything that says, well, I believe my faith in Christ is going to be compromised if you don't wear a mask. Well, here's another question. It seems that this is a material issue, i.e. a physical issue and not a moral one, i.e. one of faith and salvation. That that's the debate right now. Material rather than moral, if I can draw that distinction. Physical rather than faith. Security and safety rather than salvation. So if that's true, if my conclusions are true, how does that, how does that apply to those passages from 1 Corinthians and Romans? So are we causing our brother to stumble, our sisters to stumble in their faith by wearing masks as much as not wearing masks? That's another question I have. Are there consequences to our wearing the mask. And what are, their con- what are those consequences if there are some? I think there are. And I think we all have to admit there are. are. Are masks causing harm? There are doctors out there that say when you're breathing this bad air all the time, contaminated air, when you've got a, a thing over your mouth and nose that causes you to be inhaling the stuff that you're supposed to be exhaling, that there's going to be harm. Isn't that worth a discussion? And if I've concluded that I don't want to inhale all that bad stuff all the time, are you compromising my faith by telling me I have to? Is there harm involved in that? How about the loss of freedom? Is that worth the discussion? Should we be talking about that? How about this mindless complicity of just going along, even though there's still an open debate as to whether or not these things are effective? 
I mean, at the beginning of this whole thing, our Surgeon General told us not to wear a mask. Anthony Fauci, as you well know, told us not to wear a mask, and then all of a sudden everything changed. Did the science change? Did the effectiveness of this piece of cloth or this piece of paper change? What changed? Did the politics change? Or did the science change? Again, I'm asking questions. What happened? We all just bowed and said, okay. Proof? Walk through the airport. Listen to these two stories of people being shunned from their churches because they don't want to wear a mask and they're not flaunting it. They're willing to sit in the back. They're willing to distance from other people that are uncomfortable. They're not, they're, they're not rubbing anybody's nose in it. If I don't want to wear a mask, I'll sit in the balcony. Just give me a place to sit so I don't have to do this because I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to breathe the bad air. Or maybe I've got emphysema or I've got asthma or I have some other respiratory condition that makes it very uncomfortable for me to do this. Maybe I'm of an age where I don't think I've got any risk. I mean, there's 99% recovery rate from the virus anyway, so I'm not going to compromise all my human freedom and my dignity, my identity, by covering my face all the time. I mean, these are interesting questions, aren't they? So, Does the masking culture cause harm, spiritual harm? Spiritual harm. The loss of freedom. Is that a spiritual thing? This mindless complicity. Is that a spiritual thing? The lack of personal interaction, seeing a person's face, their smile, the engagement, the give and take of our humanity. Is the loss of that something we should be talking about? Is there a spiritual loss in sacrificing that? Is this all dehumanizing? Are we becoming automatons, robots? Do we look like we're just lemmings marching to the tune of the Pied Piper? As he says, follow along. Don't ask questions. Just do what I tell you to do. Is this a compromise of what God expects? of human beings. What are Christians to do? How are we to weigh in on this conversation? Are we causing people to stumble by not wearing a mask? Or is it possible that we're causing them to stumble just as much, if not more so, in their spiritual being, in their humanity, by wearing a mask and going along with this? I think it's time for the church to start asking these questions. I'm not sure I applied 1 Corinthians and Romans properly. I'm beginning to question this because the church going along with this government edict has clearly compromised what it means to be a human being in Western civilization right now. And what I'm seeing in the face of human beings, and quite frankly, I can't see it in their face anymore because their face is covered. What I'm seeing in a covered face of humanity right now is a blank stare, a thoughtless complicity, an obedient attitude, the sacrifice of freedom, the sacrifice of liberty. And you say, well, Paul says, set your freedom aside for the sake of the younger brother, for the sake of those who are weaker. I get it. I get it. I'm not arguing against that. I believe in the Bible, and I want to 
apply that properly to my own life. But in every situation, there's a give and take. There's a cost-benefit analysis. And I think that's even true when we try to apply scripture. Dr. Bhattacharya, the professor of medicine at Stanford University, recently commented in an article written up in the Epic Times. He said this, I think about things from a cost-benefit point of view. You have to think about what the costs and benefits are of any policy to set before you make a recommendation. Then he goes on and talks about the issue of masking. In the case of masks, says Bhattacharya, the evidence is, is that children should not wear them. And he goes into the reasons why. It doesn't make any physical sense. They don't know how to wear them properly. They're constantly taking them off and putting them on. They're dirty. Children are dirty. He said several studies have determined that factors like irritation, difficulty in breathing, low peer acceptability were reported by children who wore masks. I'll read that again. Irritation, difficulty in breathing, and low peer acceptability were reported by children who wore masks. The last one is, I think, the most important one. Low peer acceptability. It's the dehumanization of these children. They don't like it. So there are limited benefits, says Bhattacharya, for a child to wear the mask. And then he says, on the other hand, there are serious repercussions to child development when they and others around them, they and others around them, i.e. adults, are wearing masks. He says children have developmental needs that require them to see other people's faces. Well, so do adults. We've got to see people, and right now we can't. You can't engage with people if you have no ability to even look at the expression on their face. Again from his article, there are serious repercussions to child development when they and others around them are wearing masks. You think? Do you think? That there are serious repercussions when we raise a generation that we've taught to cower in fear, to accept house arrest, to not go to school, to not even get around their grandma or their grandpa or their aunt or their uncle, to not play with someone else who lives in the house next door? Do you think that there are serious repercussions when we cover a child's face and don't allow him to see another person's expressions? Yeah, serious repercussions. We're teaching an entire generation to cower, to live in fear, and to give up their human freedom and even their human dignity at the behest of a bunch of overbearing, science-denying little government gods whose thirst for power is insatiable. Serious repercussions? You got that right. First Corinthians 8, 13, Romans 14, 21. Do they really apply to masks? Is there more spiritual, emotional, and human harm done by wearing them than not wearing them? Questions. Now, if your argument is safety, well, we've got to keep people safe. And in my mind, that's the only thing you could possibly say. It's not completely effective. You can't claim that. 
but you could claim it's partially effective. Therefore, you kept someone safe. Well, here's the question. Where does it stop? If that's your position, where does this stop? And I'm serious. I'm asking the question. Where does it stop? One mask? Two masks? How about three? That'll make everybody safer, right? Why not put a face shield on over the top of the two masks? I saw that in the airport. People were actually doing that. Multiple people were doing that. Masks, two masks, and then a plastic face shield. Where does this stop? And when will it stop? Hazmat suits next? House arrest? Well, we've basically gone through that. Remember my analogy that Michael Ramsden brought up, professor from Oxford? He said, what if we invented AI robots, artificial intelligence robots, and programmed them to do nothing else other than to keep human beings safe? Safe. And what if they quickly figured out through their artificial intelligence that the best way to do that is not to give us one mask, two masks, three masks, a hazmat suit, but to actually lock us away in cubicles. Let's say 10 foot by 10 foot cubicles underground, sealed off from all the dirty stuff that exists in the environment. Pump in sanitized air and feed us intravenously so that we're not contaminated with any carcinogens or anything that could harm us. And let's say they extended our lifespan from 70 plus years to 100 plus years. We all live to be 100 plus because we're now safe. Ramsden pauses and asks the question, is that what you want? Is safety your highest good? Is that what human beings are for? We need to start asking these questions and we need to read Romans and 1 Corinthians, in that context, I believe. Are we compromising someone's faith by not wearing a mask? I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe we're compromising their spiritual vitality, their humanity. Maybe we're compromising their faith more by bowing the knee to government rather than encouraging them to worship God. Questions. Questions. Not sure I've got the answer. But if we're really at the point where we're going to be silenced for simply asking such questions, which YouTube and Facebook and Twitter are doing, they're canceling a forum that Governor DeSantos, for example, down in Florida had on this very issue. YouTube pulled it down. You can't even ask the questions. And Bhattacharya says, that's scary. He said it's the modern-day equivalent of book burning. All over the issue of masks. You get expelled from your church because you didn't wear a mask. You get taken off of YouTube because you question wearing a mask. You get called a tinfoil hat science denier for doing a podcast or a radio show like this. It's not a, good, not a good place for us to be, folks. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. Truth. I'm Dr. Robert Piper, and this is The Rebellion.